What's up, everyone? Welcome again to another episode of Doc's Point of View Podcast. Today we're in the series, Hey Doc, do you have a minute? But I want to mix it up a bit. I'm bringing back my friend John. You ever been walking through the Navy Exchange and wonder why all the Naval Pride and Heritage gear is horrifically ugly and you wouldn't actually wear it? Have you ever wanted some really cool gear and you just don't know where to go? Well, I got you, fam. Go to dgutsapparel.com immediately. Get yourself some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. Uh, We're working on new designs all the time, open to ideas. We're trying to create a brand that uh, lets you display that pride, but doesn't make you cringe. Uh, Also, if you're willing to and you're able to, please go to patreon.com slash dgutspodcast. Pick one of the five tiers and become a patron today. He's going to join me on this one so that I'm not talking to a wall. I don't mind talking to myself, really, but I feel like the audience probably wants to hear me go back and forth with some people when I'm discussing some things on my mind or telling some stories. So here we go. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm trying to change it up a bit. Uh, I feel like people are probably gonna get tired of listening to me just rant uh, or talk by myself or to myself. So I wanted to bring you on here so that I can have a little banter back and forth on some of the things I want to share. And the first thing I want to talk about is this surgery I had, not the surgery itself, mm-hmm. because the surgery's fine. Like we're, they're all professionals, right? There, there's no issue with that. I think just from my background in pediatrics and how customer service is very, very big, that's that's what I want to kind of get into. So let me let me lay it out to you. So in January is when I first got a referral to general surgery to have my situation looked at. Okay. So I got it I got an appointment quick, right? And then at that they, I was about to go to CCC school like the end of February. So I had a month, month and a half to get this surgery in. And one of the guys, one of the schedulers for the surgery came out and was like, hey man, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to get you in definitely in February. And that okay. kind of raised red flags for me because I was like, you ain't, you're just, you're throwing out. And it's of, me. It's just bogus information, you know? Yeah. So I was like, all right, man, cool, cool. Shook, shook his hand and whatever and went on my day. I didn't get a phone call for like two weeks, a month maybe, hmm. saying, hey, can you come into surgery on this date? And now the I didn't have surgery till May. So from January to May, I'm in limbo mode of trying to get the surgery. But it's an elective surgery, so it's not like – it's not inhibiting anything. Yeah. With my schedule, with the schools, and with everything else going on at Battalion, kind of, that's what pushed it back. It wasn't their fault. But every time they call me, it was, hey, can you come in on this date? I'm like, no, no, I can't. I have this going on. Yeah. But then I wouldn't get a phone call for another month. And it, it was like once every month they'll call me. Mm. As in, like, I'm going on a wait list. So they'll call you and offer you a date at least once a month. Yeah. That's fine. That's I, I'm not going to okay. complain about that. I'm waiting for the the I'm waiting for the the, the uh, bad part. What happened? 
Well, no, they, they, they would call me <laughs> and they'd be like, hey, someone dropped out of surgery. Yeah. Can you come in on this specific date? And I'm like, am I like on the back of the list? I mean, maybe. Do maybe elective they, surgeries go on the back of the list? I mean, they're probably doing more than just elective surgeries there. No, they there definitely are. But like, if I've been waiting since January and you didn't call me till March, April to say, hey, I have this specific date <clears> because <throat> someone actually dropped out. Yeah. Like canceled their surgery. And then that's my only opportunity to get in. That I mean, seems weird. I mean, it's not unheard of for them to schedule these surgeries months out. No, they don't. Not here, they don't. Not here. They wait till like like a week or two before and they, they, they schedule. At least that from from hmm. what I gathered, that's how it was. Well, I know a lot of other services. You're waiting a month for an appointment, two months for a procedure. Yeah. I think it was the... I think it was the surgeon's schedule. Yeah. Because they're not... They aren't organic to the hospital. They're attached to a different command. Yeah. So they're TAD left and right. Hmm. That's I'm not I'm not arguing that part. It was frustrating having to wait like five months yeah. to get scheduled, but it wasn't their fault. It wasn't my fault. It's just yeah. how the system plays out. What, okay. What bothered me in the whole process getting up to surgery was I got I came in for a, a review because it's been four months since I got my initial referral. Yeah. And they, they just pulled me in the hallway and it's like, hey, everything good? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, all right, cool. I'll see you in surgery. I'm like, you're just gonna you're gonna ask this in the hallway? Yeah. Not the not the patient lobby, but I was in the back, so it's yeah. private. Uh-huh. But if you can just ask me in the hallway, you could have just called and asked if I was good to go. Right? Yeah. Isn't that weird? And this was the surgeon? It was one of the staff. Yeah. One of the staff. Okay. We'll just say that. Now, then I then they scheduled my pre-op. Actually, I left, and then the surgeon, the surgeon, the scheduler called me the same day and said, "Hey, I forgot to schedule you your pre-op appointment." I was like, "Okay, cool." I mean, the the whole the whole appointment was kind of rushed. Yeah. You just brought me in quick and then kicked me out. Yeah. Which I'm fine with. Yeah. I wish you had just called me. Like I don't want to have to come to the hospital if I don't have to. Yeah. And then. Uh, they scheduled me my pre-op, and then that's when that's the that's the that's what made me mad. I, I show up to my pre-op appointment at nine thirty. Right, hmm. that's when it was scheduled. Yeah, I get there and they say, "Hey, your doctor hasn't put in your orders for the pre-op uh, screening, so we can't see you today." Hmm. Yeah, I mean. So here's the two things I'm thinking. First, the surgeon goofed up by didn't yeah didn't put the orders in. Two. It's 9.30 in the morning, and you just found out that you can't see me? Yeah. That's the customer service part. Again, ridiculous, not unheard of. Very no, Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm sure this is very light compared to a lot of people's medical yeah. stuff. But this is coming from a corpsman. I know how the system works, and this is not how you're supposed to treat patients. And I wasn't the only patient that got dealt with that way that, yeah. way that day. There's a, like a civilian dude that was getting surgery, too. Mm-hmm. The same. Like, he was doing pre-op this, like, right next to me. Yeah, and he had he he came back down the general surgery with me that same day. Is like, hey, they told me my orders aren't in, and I need to get my pre-op orders scheduled or put in. Yeah. So then I was then I went down to the general surgery because so I was like, okay, that's cool. Like someone messed up. Mm-hmm. I think multiple people messed up because you know the surgeon, and then also the because pre-op is under the OR. 
and the surgeon's under general surgery. Yeah. So there's two different clinics. I guess you can. Yeah. It's two different entities. They don't work. They work together, kind of. But when you when you go see pre-op, you have they have to basically put a referral or orders in for you to go see them. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't put in. That's why I couldn't get seen because they literally the the pre-op people literally couldn't see me. Yeah. Because there's nothing for them to do, and that, it's it's not their fault with that. What I'm blaming on them is you didn't scrub the charts the day before. Who's the corpsman? Yeah. You know. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's. I mean, it could have been. Scrubs the schedules. Mike Orman and the clinics I, you know, I managed, they did, they scrubbed schedules the day before. Mm -hmm. They had a checklist. Yep. You know, you went into the chart and made sure everything was good so you're not wasting people's time. Yep. So I know that should be the policy, but it wasn't. And I wasn't the only one that had to deal with that yet, that day. Yeah. Kind of makes me mad. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is ridiculous. I mean... Unfortunately, in military medicine, you only have so much recourse. Put in a complaint, you know. I mean, yeah, that's what they told me to do. I went down. I went back down to general surgery, and then the the nurse there was like, "Hey, here, put an ice comment in, but also put also state how I helped you here." I was like, yeah. "This ain't a this ain't a competition." Oh, it is. <laughs> uh, just fix the problem. So yeah. They, so after that, they put the orders in. I, I got my pre-op. I had my surgery. Everything is good. Yeah. And now I'm on con leave. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's nice because now I'm working. I'm basically teleworking mm-hmm. and I get to wake up and go to work in my, you know, whatever yeah. I want to wear. And I, because with my job, I can do pretty much everything on the computer. I just work from home. Yeah. Except for, like, I don't have a printer. Except for meetings and, you know, and meetings. Like, get a you printer. I think we could definitely work. We could telework like a day or two a week. Well, yeah, a lot of positions definitely can. Majority of the positions, unless you're like doing hands-on stuff. Yeah. Obviously, like if you're doing workups or LTIs or whatever. Yeah. Like you got to be in person. Yeah. But if there's nothing on the schedule that day, can we just telework and do stuff from? Because I can take my computer home. And I can, I can, yeah. How I have access sure? to the share drive and everything because you're using the government computer. We gotta make sure you're shaving every day. You know, I'm on leave. Not I was expecting something way more egregious when you <laughs> at the start of your story. I guess I, I mean, yeah, because that is a, that is a valid complaint. You know, scheduling and cause, I mean, people have jobs and lives. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to make this a big deal. Yeah, it, it is very frustrating because it, you're just like you're wasting time. Yeah. Cause like I paid a babysitter to watch my kids for oh, that pre-op. Yeah, and I went in and they're like, "Hey, we can't see you." I'm like, "Okay, are you gonna pay my babysitter then?" Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, definitely somebody didn't scrub the schedule, or they probably didn't finish the notes, or you know, finish the encounter probably after your. No, this is very. This is not. It's not egregious. Yeah. No, I was expecting something worse. That's what I'm saying. I'm sitting here and I'm I'm feeling pretty good. So like, yeah, I, obviously it wasn't nothing egregious. Yeah. It was just um, very frustrating. Yeah, I mean that's that well, was probably some, it. You got something to top it as a patient? <sighs> I mean, I can I've seen it happen. Yeah, so I mean something to top it. I mean, kind of like your scenario where the schedule wasn't scrubbed or the encounter wasn't finished, and I would get an angry phone call from a patient where the you know one of the corpsman's like, "This lady's upset. You got to talk to her because I can't help her." And they're at the pharmacy waiting in line. They waited for an hour. They get to the desk. There's no order in for their meds. So now I've got to find the provider who may not be there 
to get them to finish the encounter, to sign the meds so they can go to the pharmacy and get their meds. Or they have to come back another day. Or they'll have to come back and schedule another appointment. You want to talk about an angry customer? That is hard to... Well, like, because I, I, I was just submissive. Yeah. Okay, cool. I understand. Mm-hmm. Someone messed up, but there's nothing I can do about it, right? I can't go demand no. the surgeon to go put orders in right now because I'm here. I'm, yeah. I'm one of how many patients? I, yeah. I, I feel like this happens a lot. <clears throat> Little bitty things that aren't getting checked before a, a patient yeah because patient's time is very valuable and you don't want to you don't want to have a bad relationship with the patients because they're going to let everybody know and yeah this is not like a the navy medicine isn't a business so there's no reputation yeah right if you're a civilian business you really are going to take yeah consideration of your customer service yeah feedback but yeah. like people have to come see us, so yeah. are, they're gonna come if they if we have a bad reputation, they're gonna come see us very angrily already, even if we are doing a good job. Because not it, every there's so many different departments and so many different policies on how they conduct their business mm-hmm. that each one's gonna be different. Just because I've had a bad, just because I had a frustrating experience with or with this whole surgery stuff, doesn't mean if I went to another command or another hospital or clinic or whatever, I may yeah. get treated completely different. True. But because I'm a corpsman, I understand, so I'm not going to sit there and get angry with people. Yeah. Even though I was frustrated. Yeah. No, that, that is frustrating. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's military medicine, right? So you have you kind of have to go to them. And unless they do something really wrong, like, you know, it's a waste of a day. And it's, you know, it's not something you could really, I don't know, raised too big of a fit about. I've, I've always just been like, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. But my wife was with me and like I paid for a babysitter. There's other factors. Because if I was just, if it was if it's just me going and getting seen and like nobody else was with me, like, yeah. I'd have been like, okay, cool. Well, can when can I get this redone? Mm-hmm. And I would have made a fit about it, which I didn't make a fit with anybody there. I just internally just, yeah, I was just not in a good mood. No, for sure. I think that's the weird thing about being a corpsman and going to medical. It's like, uh, kind of off subject, but you, you, you know things and you know, uh, you could know the people seeing you. Maybe you don't like that. So like, I, I mean, I can go down. I have a, and I haven't had a very good experience as a patient. Yeah. And it, it makes me think, is it because I work here or is it because our quality of care isn't what it needs to be? Yeah, I've always had excellent care. Like a lot of, I've heard a lot of complaints about, you know, different things. But I've I've never had a bad experience in military medicine yet. Um, My first command, I got, I got staff, right, and I got okay. had to, I had to get seen in the clinic I worked in. Like mm-hmm. I, I literally work with every one of these corner, every yeah. one of these doctors, yeah, or IDCs, and I got staff four times in like a two month span, yeah, two three month span. Mm-hmm. The first one, like, they just try to, you know, drain it and put me on Bactrim, mm-hmm. like an antibiotic, whatever. It went away, comes back in a couple of weeks. Another mm-hmm. spot on my body, yeah, was got got infected. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, obviously the staff's like, I have staff on me, and then I guess whatever. I don't, I really don't know how I kept getting it. It's not like I was dirty. Yeah. So everyone knew knew you. 
Oh, yeah. They knew you were the staff guy? They knew I had... Well, that's the thing. They never swapped it. Oh. oh. And and then when I was being seen, they weren't... It felt like I was like... They were rushing through my patient encounter. Yeah. Like the doc was just kind of like doing it on the side. And mm-hmm. it was like, I, you know, I have other stuff I need to go do. Or the IDC was doing the same thing or whatever. They would do like an encounter in the, you know, electronic... Um, database mm-hmm. so everything was documented but it took like the fourth time for one of the docs to uh, swab it to see what you know what the bacteria was Oof. or what the infection was yeah and then they so they put me on Bactrim three times in a row ten days three times in a row and then the fourth time they changed it to clindamycin Mm-hmm. And swabbed it, and then a few days later, it comes back as resistant to clindamycin. Ooh. I I didn't even take the clindamycin at that point. I was like, I'm not taking any more Bactrim or clindam- I'm not going to take any more antibiotics because I don't want to mess up my gut. Yeah. My GI or potentially get C diff. Yeah. I didn't want to. I don't know how much it takes to get that. I, I, I'd, I'd imagine a lot. People take that every day. What clindamycin? Really? Mm-hmm. Maybe they I'm have off. Cl- yeah, they have clindamycin pills and they have clindamycin uh, IV uh, antibiotics. Because they were telling me clindamycin was like the next step up from the Bactrim. It could be. I just know that that's a fairly common antibiotic. So is Bactrim, I think. Yeah. I, I'm sure, like I obviously didn't have any issues, but personally I was like, I'm not going to take this because I'm not getting better. Yeah. Mm, that's how you create the uh, super bugs. What? Finishing your antibiotics. Really? Yeah. Finishing them? Yeah, you got to finish them. Because you take like just a little bit, right? Like the bacteria uh, becomes resistant to it because you didn't finish it and kill it completely. Mm. Yeah, that's the super bug thing. Mm. Don't know. Yeah. But, uh,. I took like the first two or three sets, and then after that, I was like, I'm not taking any more meds. And yeah. it went away, and I never had it again. I even got a derm referral, went to dermatology, and they told me it was a tattoo allergy. Mm. Like my body was allergic to the tattoo ink. Yeah. But Maybe. I don't know. There's no telling. There's no telling. But what I did, what fixed it was I started taking a Hippoclans bath. Mm-hmm. Or I took a bath and like a cup of bleach in the bath water. Yeah. And, you know, it's just going to kill everything. True. That did that and I never had it again. And periodically I'll take Hiba Cleanse bath as well. Yeah. Is that backed up by just like a, science or whatever? I don't know. Yeah. Some, uh, what is it? Holistic? Is that holistic? No, because Hiba Cleanse is actual, like an actual. Oh, it's a real thing? All right. You don't remember taking that in boot camp? Uh, no. The They gave you a little packet and a little red stuff. Maybe they did. I don't remember that. It's a it's just a red, like, kind of viscous liquid. Yeah, I don't use it. You use it like, like bath soap. Yeah. Or body wash. Hmm. But you don't put it on any sensitive areas. Yeah. Interesting. So you think somebody messed up on their part. Or the staff encounter. You think somebody dropped well, the ball on that? Well, I wish they would have... They dropped the ball by not swabbing the first infection I had. Yeah. Because then they would have known, 
you know, what the infection was or mm-hmm. what if it was resistant to anything, they could have tackled it with a different biotic, antibiotic. Yeah. That's huh. the only thing I wish they would have done differently. Yeah. But the way I was treated as a patient, was that because I worked there? Yeah. Did they not do the full, like, full workup and do every little step because I worked there? Or is that just how they treat that? Yeah. To me, my perception was I wasn't getting treated well because I worked there. Could be. It could be a reality. It could be just how it seemed. Yeah. When I worked at the clinic, I tried to get seen for something. It was kind of embarrassing. So then I was telling the nurse to make me an appointment about my shoulder, right? Because I didn't want this embarrassing thing on the encounter. Don't you hate that? Where all the corpsmen I know and work with, can they? you know, they can't see the entire... They're not seeing like what is exactly going on. All they're going to see is a brief description of what your appointment's for. And I was like, yeah, you know, I have this thing going on, but I don't want this on the encounter. Can you please just put my shoulder? Yeah. And uh, what did she do? She put for the encounter note, like the very first thing you see next to my name is patient requested shoulder appointment, but is actually for blank, blank, blank. So they didn't. Well, she wait, didn't. Wait, wait, was it a corpsman? It was a nurse. It was a civilian nurse. A, a civilian nurse. Yeah. Okay. But so that, but they're going to be like, no, I'm going to put you down as what you are. Yeah. Because it's a professional setting. And I was like, ma'am, you just missed the entire point. I didn't even go back to her for it because I was just like, yeah, I was so frustrated with it. I was like, it's like, ma'am, I didn't want everyone in the clinic or everyone in my department to see this, uh, you know, encounter. You wouldn't see the open encounter, but you would see the brief description that's kind of, you know, next to the name of the appointment. Yeah, yeah, I've seen where, like, when I worked in the ER, if a pa- if a patient came in that was a staff member of mm-hmm. the hospital, yeah, their name got started out. That would be nice. So that's the thing in Genesis, like, yeah, this was uh, you can, Alta. Yeah, Alta was. Yeah, I actually liked Alta. Yeah, that and CHCS. By the time you learned it, you know they're making up something new. I just, I just think that customer service isn't – it isn't like a proud skill to have. Yeah. Like I talked to my dad about it a lot, how like just with the whole like – if you want to call somebody, mm-hmm. if you want to call a clinic, you're not going to get a hold of somebody. No. You're going to get an automated message and you're going to go yep. through a hundred different things. Well, that mm-hmm. Well, before that was a process, you would call and you would talk to a person. Yeah. Well, that's about man hours. Think about how many people call every day. You would need someone on the phone, maybe more than one person if it's a big I place. had I had two phone people. Just answer phones. Just answering phones and pediatrics. It's inefficient. They needed a phone tree with the automated program. No, we had an automated program and two, feet, two oh. people answering phones, but their whole job was like a desk. I mean, they, they were called a desk clerk or... Something of that yeah, nature. Yeah. But they, yeah. they answered the phones. They booked appointments. They put in referrals. Mm-hmm. They put in telecon, telecons. Yeah. Or telcons. Mm-hmm. can't remember what they called it in Alta. But a message to the doc. Like, you at least get to talk to a person, though. Yeah. That wasn't long ago, though. So, I, I know that, like, if you... If you somehow find the right button to press, yeah. you can get a hold of somebody. That's how it is everywhere now. But if I want to book an appointment, I have to call some appointment line... Who, and I'm getting a, I'm getting in touch with people that aren't medically trained. Nope. They're just people who answer phones and they book appointments. Yep. So yeah. I'm it's not cheap. even talking to someone in the medical field. It's cheaper that way. 
Um, and I mean, I don't know if you noticed that that's how it is everywhere now. Like you cannot call a business civilian anywhere. No, th- and get no this is not, I'm not saying this is specific to us. This is yeah. across every spectrum. Oh yeah. Customer service isn't required anymore. No. So like going back to the being a patient, like, yeah, there's ways to treat people the mm-hmm. right way. There's, there's things you're supposed to do before patients spend their time to come you know, to get seen or asked to get seen. Yeah. Mm. I was never, I had, you had to get good at customer service in certain places. I felt like pediatrics was one of them. Yeah. Just because you're dealing with kids. Mm-hmm. But before that, all I had was, or the only patient um, population I had was active duty, healthy people. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like us as a military, we understand that we're not going to get the best treatment or the best customer service. Yeah. Because, I mean, go back to boot camp. You're, you just, you kind of line up like cattle. Yeah. <laughs> and go through the line, get your shots, and you, you get called up, whatever. It's very sterile. Yeah. Very, yeah. Sterile encounters. There's no, yeah, there's no bedside manner. There you go. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. There's none of that. I was never, I was, even when I was, before I went to Piatris, I was terrible at customer service. Um, I had a few nice comments against me. Yeah, customer service piece. When I was doing the STD thing, um, screening and treating and all that, like that was huge on customer service. Just dealing with like a wide range of like people and their emotions. Uh, Yeah, that. Politely telling them, hey, you have an STD. And they're like, it can't be. I'm married. It's like, well. Well. You know, that. If it ain't you, it's them. Yeah. Yeah, so like that, that was definitely just, helped hone my people skills and yeah, talking to them. I had to learn. I, I had to learn quickly dealing with kids. Like you gotta treat them very, yeah. very, very good. Yeah, because their parents are right there and watching. Then for you, you're talking about wrecking home life. Yeah, when you tell someone they have something that yeah. they don't want to hear and they're in denial. Or on the flip side, they're they're coming back every week for an infection. It's like you need to clean up your act. Like. <laughs> Oh, just people being dirty? Just people being dirty, yeah. Following a dangerous lifestyle. In the active duty clinic, I remember having people return customers with that kind of stuff. It's sad to see. Yeah, it is. Yeah, have you ever had an ice comment with your name on it? Positive ones. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I never... I I remember I had a... No, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to tell that story. I've had a couple where they, they or more than a couple, where they name drop me, saying I, w- I didn't treat them right. So that's why I'm like very passionate about it now because I had to learn the hard way. Yeah. Maybe we should treat people like people. Amen. Uh, you know, amen. Okay. Mm. What else is going on with you? I, I think right now, uh, yeah, okay. I, I talked about my customer service piece. Yeah, yeah. You make, so this you, could you level me back out, I guess. Yeah, I felt I felt frustrated, but now you make it seem. Uh, yeah, I mean very, that's very, something very, to complain about. I was expecting well, no, you no, no. to tell me something that like. Okay, you okay. know, I maybe maybe I led you the wrong way. I, like, I guess yeah, I kind of told you. You know, I was expecting like guy didn't wash his hand and shook your hand or something or I don't know something crazy. I mean, that's, you probably get you probably shake a lot of people's hand that don't yeah, wash their hands. Absolutely. I I'm a, I've after COVID I've become a germaphobe. I think. Yeah. Just because I'm more aware of like germs, whatever. Or maybe it's just all in my head. Could be. 
So this customer service piece could actually kind of play into something else I want to talk about. So, uh, oh, like me. So how often have you got to a department or taken over a program and you've had little to no turnover or lessons learned? Mm. A lot, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, so I'll answer that. I would lot. say this is pretty common um, because of the PCSing culture, right? Like that's so deeply ingrained. Like when you join, you know you're going to PCS, right? So like I was trying to do some research you're on gonna it. transfer commands, yeah. Transfer commands. So I was trying to dig a little bit more into this, like the history of it. Like when did that start? Like why? Why do we, we change? Like how long has this PCS thing changing stations? How long has that been a thing? As long as that forever, forever, I don't forever know. right? I guess. I um, so kind of playing devil's advocate, right? Because I've encountered that too, where you arrive somewhere, there's no SOP, there's no turnover, there's no nothing. Um, uh, I would just say that, you know, why do we PCS? I guess to answer that is because people, there's more desirable duty stations than others. Um, career progression. And is that it? You know what I mean? People retire and they have to replace them. I get that. Or people get out and they need replacements. But uh, I, I don't know. I was just thinking about it. And I was just like, like, you want to be on a ship for 20 years? Well, the the Off some tempo? rates are some rate rates are on ships for they get six seven year orders. Yeah, corpsmen are privileged. Um, but again, it's I was just thinking, you know, kind of devil's advocate. Like, how inefficient is it to have a turnover rate? every two to three years um you know and it's uh th- I was two years is too too often yeah i think f- okay so I, I was at my last command for four years and that was like a healthy hmm. chunk of time yeah and it, i wasn't there that, my orders weren't for four years yeah some techs get four-year orders i don't True. know if they're still doing it but i i got extended a year because of an injury mm-hmm but I, I felt like I, it was a good time because you get like three full years of doing, you know, trying to progress. Yeah. And that last year you kind of can like not drop your pack, but teach other people what you know about that command. Just how it should work. And then ease your way out. And then your last month or so kind of be like checkout mode. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just thinking there should be like a way for people to not PCS or there should be a way for commands to incentivize you staying on like a subject matter expert like somebody who knows that command in and out Mm -hmm. uh to stay and you know keep killing it and that so back to that customer service piece that's the civilians the civilians they do not pcs and i would say some of the most efficient departments i've worked in were ran by civilians because they've been there since the beginning of time i think they are the continuity piece for us yeah Definitely in a medical in a medical facility, there has to be continuity, or you're going to lose quality of care. Yeah, they they've already worked out the kinks. That you know, being somewhere for a long time, I mean, you've worked out the process, the kinks, you know, lessons learned. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's how much more efficient a command would be if they had the same, the same core people for five years or four years. Well, the team would be killing it. They'd be killing it. So, Cause I don't what, know. what I don't, I'm not a fan, a fan of the PCS culture, or what what you're calling the fact that we have to change commands. Yeah. On a personal side, I feel like I've become good friends with people 
about a year out from when either they or myself transfer. And that, yeah. that blows. Yeah. So you're always meeting new people, which is cool, but you're also losing friends because you may not see them ever again. Yeah. I know a lot of people will say Navy small, and I believe that I've yet to, like, well, I've there's been a few people I've run into that like, hey, I remember you from this command. Yeah. But not many. It's mm-hmm. not overwhelming. Yeah. The Navy's not that small. Maybe if you've been in for a long, long time. If you've been in for like 15, 20 plus years, yeah. like I, I could see it. You're going to know a lot more people. Mm-hmm. That's like two, three more duty stations than what I have. Yeah. Right? I agree. I, I feel like if we could, or just the fact that, well, let me play devil's advocate. Even, okay, so say I do my 12, I have three-year orders at a place, and I get burnt out in that one area. Mm. So, like, switching areas. Let's, let's pull up the Chiefs for a second. They do 12-month rotations on most programs yeah, and or places where they work. True. They And they're, they're more intrusive about it than E6 and below. And I've always griped and complained about that. Like, if, okay, so you let the, you let E7 above transfer or change over, like, and it's not, like, I, when I was the color guard LPO, I mm. had, like, three different chiefs in the three years that I was in it. Yeah. And it wasn't because they PCS or anything like that. It was literally like, hey, this guy's done it for 12 months, next guy. Yeah. 12 months, next guy. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was nothing personal about it. It was just like, hey, you did your time, now we're going to bring in somebody else. Yeah. Well, that's, diversifies that person's skill set or scope or whatever. Mm-hmm. Color Guard's a random one. But like if they do different departments, now they're very well-versed in multiple different places. Yeah. For me, I worked in three different departments in four years in one command. Okay. That sounds right. Oh. No, 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 no. Wait. A majority of the junior people do not get the transfer. I had th- There's so many people that would stay in one department their whole three years at that com- at a command. Ours would rotate halfway through their tour. It depends on the command. Uh, it, maybe the commands I've been at just didn't have a policy in place where everybody It was more of, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a policy. It was just sort of a thing that happened. And I had to request multiple times to move. Yeah. And even at our current command, I had to request probably five, six times or apply for different different positions to finally move to a different place. Now it's after two years in one place mm. or in one, what you would say department, but we don't, yeah. we don't have departments. Yeah. So it sounds like you're agreeing with me. What, that we should stay? That there should be a way to not have such a high turnover rate. I'm saying the, I'm saying the opposite. Oh, you're saying the opposite. Okay. I like the changeover. Yeah. Now, so the program you left, do you think it's being run as efficiently and as well as you left it? Which program? Just whatever you were doing. Like whenever you well, Okay, so the things. first time I did a turnover. Okay, I'll push what I said to the side. So the first turnover I did, I changed from pediatrics to a different uh, a different directorate completely. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the timing because I went on leave and they were supposed to they were, that the new person was supposed to come in when I got back. Mm-hmm. And I was very adamant, hey, don't change over until I get back so I can actually do a turnover. Yeah. Well, he came two weeks early. Ooh. And then he just came in and wrecked my department and said, hey, you suck at this. Yep. You weren't running this right. Mm. <coughs> I mean, is there some truth in there? Uh, well, obviously, everyone's going to run things differently. Yeah. Did I run it bad? No. 
I, I'm confidently I my yeah. department was was square. Mm-hmm. But the turnover wasn't good because he, he uh, yeah that one was that one was touchy just because they didn't let him turn over when I was there. So when I did get back, I had no intention to be cordial about it. Yeah. You you came in my department before I got back, and then you're going to tell me I suck at what I'm doing, and then you want my help after I get back. Is this your peer? Uh, it was a peer, yeah. Mm. And I told him to kick rocks. Yeah. He's like, hey, help me write these evals. Nope. And he told you you suck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good luck with those evals. Bud. Good luck. Bud. Now, I wish I would have helped because I know the sailors better than he did. True. Yeah. But the sailors that I had, they, they performed well enough and they their evals reflected fine. Yeah. I I definitely should have wrote those evals. <laughs> that that's a that's a mistake on my part. But I took the <clears throat> when you do turnover, this is what you don't do. You don't insult people. Don't insult the person you're turning over with. Yeah. You're gonna piss someone off and they're not gonna and you're burning bridges because guess what? If I if I go to my next command and he's there I know mm. who I'm not going to work with. Yeah. I know who I'm not going to trust. Yeah. I'll be cordial, but that's it. Second turnover. When I left, I was leaving, I was PCSing from, um, OB, or I was PCSing from the command, so I was turning over OBGYN when I was the LPO there. I was the second class, and then this first class came on board, and she came in, and she was cool at first, but then her first encounter with the whole department at our team steps huddle in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. She comes in and she goes, um, "What? A, let me let me think. I'm trying to remember what she said." She she's like, uh, "Okay, I've, I've been monitoring, you know, this area. There's some there's some things that are going to change." Okay. And then she also said, I just came from having 1,100 sailors under my responsibility. Oh. So here, it's it can be, it's a little different. And I've been I've been observing for a week, but there's some things I'm going to change. Mm. Now tell me if that's the right approach to the first sentence that you say to your new department. She's letting you know that she used to be very important, so listen up. Is that appropriate? No. No. And then the, that the week prior to that, when she was kind of following me around, she was like questioning everything I did. I'm like, okay, are you questioning me because you don't think I'm competent in what I'm doing because I have one less chevron than you, or is this your personality? Mm. I'm gonna go with B. Your personality is you're very micromanaging. Yeah. Different leadership styles. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I yeah I took it. I guess I took it personally when she came out and was like, I'm not, I'm not going to, there's some things I'm going to change here, but I'm like, you haven't been here but a week. So how do you even know how this place runs? Mm. You don't know the first thing about this place. Yeah. It's because she had 1100 sailors. Okay. So this person so was, <laughs> this person was like a director LPO. Yeah. So like, could she name 50 of them? Probably not. Yeah. Right. She, she just, she, she had an Excel file with 1100 people on it. Right. Yeah, that's what that is. Uh, nothing more, I guess. Yeah, that one was that was interesting turnover. Yeah, and then another turnover. Uh, 
the FMF stuff, but I've, I've kind mm. of spoke my piece on that yeah. here. Yeah. Just how that was a crappy turnover. And it wasn't, it wouldn't have been as crappy if she was involved yeah. with the turnover. She kind of like, oh, you are taking over? Cool. Peace. And didn't really help us. Yeah. Because if she could have said, hey, this is actually how I uh, organized all the documentation mm-hmm. and records. Yeah. Then we would at least had a head start on how we want to change it if we need to change it. But no, we had to figure out her process by digging through everything and then, you know, figuring out the the approach from there. Yeah. So, like, those three, those are the three, like, most impactful turnovers I've had. Mm -hmm. And they're all crappy because of the interaction with the people. Yeah. Not the actual turnover itself. True. Yeah, so you had a you had a turnover, just whether or not it went well. Well, the CCC turnover went well. Yeah, but got the, he, he, the previous one's still here. He's still here, so I have someone to rely on. Now, say he would have left, would yeah. it be different? Yeah, mm, I don't think so because. Well, he gave a proper turnover, so it what I'm matter. saying is, he gave me a proper turnover. Yeah. We're very, you know, we're friends on the side anyway. So, like, we're not coming in. There's no button heads. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We we see eye to eye already. So, like, the turnover is going to be good. And there was, before he left officially, there was a lot of time where I got to follow him around and the other people in that shop. Yeah, yeah. And figure out what is, what do you do day to day? True. So, the turnover for that was easy. Yeah. And then bonus is that person is still here. But what's cool is that he, you know, he did his like 12 plus months in that program, moved mm-hmm. on to something else. He didn't move because he didn't do a good job. Yeah. In fact, he, I'm feeling, I'm having to feel some really big shoes because mm-hmm. he did, he did such a good job. It's cool to see that we're able to transfer around in a, in a command. I like that. I don't like the stagnant. Stay, stay in the same department for three, four years at a time. True, and I'm I'm not saying that that's the best way. I'm just thinking. Uh, well, you got to look at the civilian side. You go work for a company and you stay there for five, ten, twenty years. Yeah. And if you're doing good, you don't get fired, which means you, your team's probably doing well. Yeah. So I, there is a lot of truth to what I like. I like your idea. Yeah, I mean, just there should be a way to retain. Yeah, it's called get out. Become a GS <laughs> yeah. and be, yeah. and work at that clinic. I I seen people do that. I see I seen a guy change yeah. his uniform yeah. from uniform to civvies, and he did the same job. My last department head was uh, he worked there, retired, became the department head, and uh, ran that thing since the beginning of time. And he's probably still there. Yeah, we have a the the pedi- one of the pediatricians, the special needs pediatrician. She she did her twenty years and then. Got out, changed into civilian clothes, came back, didn't even move offices, didn't change yeah. computers, nothing. And she went from department head to, oh, now I'm just going to be a civilian provider. Yeah. I asked her one time, why didn't you just stay in? She's like, well, I, I can get out and get two checks mm. <laughs> and doing the same job. Yeah. Or get out and only get one. Or stay in and just, just continue to yeah. yeah, get the same one. I was like, well. And she's contributing to a second retirement. Mm-hmm. How much money that is? That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. What else is on your mind? Um, I don't know. I think we talked the other day about the. Yeah, I want to kind of talk about the PRT. 
Oh yeah. How you feel about it? Uh, You're not happy with it? No, not at all. Not happy with your performance or the program or like the actual events? No, oh, the, the PRT is fine. Like it's the same thing every year. Yeah, I've I've seen some that weren't weren't good because of the the run course was had too many turns and all this and had hills and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. But that's irrelevant right now. What I'm talking about is I'm I'm I'm, I'm disappointed in my performance. Oh. I worked real. Uh, well, I say I try to train for like two three months prior to the PRT, and my goal was to max it out across the board. Yeah. And my background is I'm a runner, I'm a cyclist. I got twig arms. I'm not muscular. Yeah. <laughs> so running is easy, but the push-ups and plank is where I struggle the most. Plank, mm-hmm. not so much. Push-ups, I've always struggled. Not sure if I'll ever get really good at them. So what did you score overall? Excellent something. Yes, good. Yeah, but I'm all, I've I've been excellent for years. Yeah, touched outstanding a few times. Mm. I wanted it. I think last year I was outstanding. I wanted to finally max it out. Yeah, but I, I came up short. Got called out <clears throat> on my my push-ups. Yeah, that's uh, unfortunate. A lot of people did though. Yeah, it depends on who's who's doing it. And it's not their fault. They're just doing the job. I think everyone's just so accustomed to the the Navy push-up versus the push-up in the instruction. Well, I trained push-ups, and I could do a lot the way I was doing them, but I didn't train them to By be the instruction. A, I didn't train them to be all the way up. Break 90, go all the way up. That's Break a push-up. Break 90, go all the way up. So I was undercutting myself. So when yeah. I got there and I got called out saying, hey, that's your first warning, that hurts. That hurts your ego. Yeah. A lot of people have been getting it though. And well, a lot of people should get it because yeah. we should try to, we should try to improve it. So I, that, that only made me, you know, start pushing myself with physical training. Yeah. If anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got called out and <laughs> it was, it was embarrassing. Yeah. Let's, let's say that. I, I mean, it's like not if you practice deal. it one way and then they, they're like, no, that's not right. Start doing proper yeah. push-ups. I mean, they're correcting everybody, so I wouldn't take it. No, no, no. It's it's not that. It's what I'm trying to say is, if you go from doing improper push-ups to proper push-ups, you're oh. not going to do as many. Oh yeah, you're yeah. You're going to yeah. tire out. So I tired out very, 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 very fast. Yeah, yeah. And I got a very, very bad score on my push-ups. How many did you do? I I stopped counting once he said. Okay. All right. Well, you know the army does hand release push-ups. I saw that, and I actually like their like combat fitness test. Yeah, it's good. Deadlifts, Max deadlift, uh, throw the ball. It? Yep. I would like to see the PRT change something like that. That would be cool. How many people actually need to run for their job? I mean, in peacetime, none. Maybe a few. Yeah. I mean, I think the PRT is meant for some like you have to perform because. Like uh, we're a military force. Yeah, people would get so. If you want to trigger some people, uh, be like, I don't think there should be any alternate cardio, and just watch the, you know, just stand back because people are gonna explode on you. I've I used to be one of those that would, you know, you shouldn't <clears throat> be doing. It's like, oh, are you? Gonna... I've told, I've I've said to people, if you're in your twenties and you're healthy, like, yeah. you should be doing the run, not alternate. I said something. I was like, uh, but you got to be careful saying that now because I mean, some people literally. They shouldn't run. They 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 have injuries or they 
whatever. Yeah. But when, I, when I said it, I was, you know, if you're healthy, like there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. And you're like 20 something years old. Mm-hmm. Why are you biking the PRT? I was like, so if this building catches fire and I'm, I'm, uh, you know, passed out. Are you going to pedal me out of here? Like, <laughs> are you, uh, well, are you going to, are you going so to row, row uh, me out of the building? Like I had gonna... a, I had the sailor. I hate saying hat. There was a sailor in my department and he's like, Hey, I'm doing the, and I was the ACFL at the time. And I've, I've done ACFL. So like, again, it's embarrassing to get caught on your pushups, but it won't happen again. I, I'll say that. Yeah. My, next year, I'm gonna I'm gonna crank out like start lifting. Yeah, I'm gonna start lifting. We'll, we'll talk about it in a second. So that the sailor is like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna bike the PRT, and I, straight up red flags. That, why in the world you bike the PRT? You're like 23, mm. you're skinny, you're a twig. Like, there's no reason why you can't run a mile and a half. He's, he smoked too though, so maybe that played a factor. Yeah, I, but I've seen people who smoke do do just fine. So whatever. He got on that bike, dude, and. He got like two minutes in and he turned around and looked at me with like impending doom look oh, on his he face. Knew, he knew he was going like, to make it. Hey, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Oh. So you better push the twig legs. Yeah. Because. Uh, Put the resistance you, down. You better figure it out. Yeah. I, I tried, and I was like, I was telling him while he's doing this period, I, I try to tell you, you're, you're messing up. You're making a bad choice <clears> by um, doing this. You, this is a bad idea. Yeah. So he passed barely. I think mm. he got a good low. Yeah, like overall, probably I've seen a lot of those. But he, like he, one of those, he's one of those people that doesn't train for the PRT. Yeah, I train. I I spend a few months before the PRT working up to it. Yeah, and I mean, I it shows. I mean, I do excellent or outstanding. Yeah, for the most part. Um, but like, does it even matter anymore? Like, oh yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, does it matter? It should. It definitely should. It let's should play the, a bigger let's part. Let's look at the army. They have to have like they get more points towards their advancement like you're telling me something i do every day and every meal is so the top sailor and the bottom sailor in the rankings could have the exact same pt score they could they could which is crazy that should count more for I'm something th- i'm looking at it also of like i should get more than a 72 or a 24-hour special lib you know what i mean I think if you're doing an outstanding overall, you should get some type of incentive. <clears throat> well, I know one... Not just a 72. I'm talking about like a Navy, like a promotion. Not a promotion, but like there should... The points towards your PRT should go towards your advancement. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So there Other is a... to do it, why not us? There is a program once this cycle closes where you can get an award. Award? Yeah. A flock. Okay. That's so, I mean, not... That's that, something. That's a point. Yeah, I mean if that if if but one, that's not typical throughout the navy. Okay, if you're if you're fighting for one point a one award point, every point counts. Study harder. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, yeah. So the PRT, uh, and what, you were saying it should count more. So I was thinking back to when like I was out of shape because I I didn't join in shape, and then uh, a couple of HNs, uh, I won't say the word, but they were just mean to me about it, and that really motivated me. And I got in shape. Um, maybe phrase it as hazing. I wouldn't say that. They just, you know, were bigger and stronger, and uh, they, they they let me know that. And uh, you know, it was all like, you know, it, nothing like crazy, right? Like they were just, I see your plate's really full. You're gonna go lift today, and, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it worked. Yeah, and it worked. Uh, yeah, I, I'm almost maxed out my PRT, and you know, uh, I just wonder if. I don't know what the right way is. 
I just feel like you can't do that now. You can't. You you can't. You can't, can't treat people like that. But it works. And I seeing people. Some of the other branches do their PRT out here. Yep. You know the other yep. tire flips, the tires that you flip for like CrossFit, those big tires. They're heavy. I saw three guys running with them on their shoulders. What? So a big tire, one guy on each side, and somebody on the back, and they were running down the road in boots and utes. Dude, I saw this dude fire fireman carry running with a dude definitely bigger than him. Yeah, he's like a little twig. He was running down one of the roads. Yeah, and that's dude, where I saw it. It was a group of Marines. Well, okay, so like for us, the the Marines do way more physical training than we do as a Navy, and it shows because all pretty much, I'd say eighty to ninety percent of the Marines are they look pretty good in a uniform. Yeah, Navy, not really. Mm-mm. Corman especially. And I I think Corman should be like the tip of the spear when it comes to physical training because we're one of the people that actually have to go in a field setting or may have to drag somebody or may have to carry somebody. Yeah. And, and there's other there's other rates that have to do physical activity as well, but I can only speak on us. And it's, it's sad to see that people are can't do yeah. push-ups or can't uh, or just get smoke-checked when they do a PT session. So do you think if one of those Marines couldn't carry the tire or couldn't carry his buddy, do you think they would get a gentle, like, uh, hey, you need to go to nutrition and you need to... No, they'd have some corporal or sergeant <clears throat> screaming at them until they did it. And it would work. <laughs> screaming is a very motivated or... Or just letting people very, down motivating way to get you to do something just people being disappointed in you and letting letting you know that is such a motivating thing i remember getting smoke checked in my first teachable c uh class and this was like before it was mandatory so it was just like experimental i think a little bit yeah i'm not really sure we did some stuff that probably wasn't uh, wasn't appropriate uh at like we were as a student i was having to do stuff that wouldn't be okay nowadays but i remember we had a it was like it was like 30, 40 degrees in Florida, and they had us hiding in a Connex box. And they were yelling at us with a megaphone, like, next to. And then, like, you get out of the Connex box, and it's just, like, screaming from the get-go. For and teacher C? For teacher C, screaming yeah. at you, running. And, and I don't think this was hazing at all. I don't no. think it was – I think it was mild at best. You're running down this field. With your med bag and all that stuff, and you, it's a it's a group activity. You mm-hmm. and your partner, and you knew your partner before you got there. So all you do is like they'd call out the next two names, and then you see your see these uh, students go out the Connex box, and then because you're not allowed to watch, mm. all you hear is yelling and a bunch of noise and a uh, bunch of chaos. Just nerves going through the roof. So you're just sitting there in this, you're just shivering, freezing in this <laughs> in this Connex box, and you, the, they call out, you know, my name and the, my partner name, and we start running, and before we even get to the uh, O course, because they make you go to O course, a, a version of it, and they beat you, as in physical activity, yeah, and, and try to just wear you out and get you your heart rate up. That's I mean that's the that's the actual point behind it. So like it made sense. They're trying to make you feel like you're in a hectic or chaotic environment and what's the best way to do that drop down and do a bunch of push-ups burpees whatever and then you get done with that and your partner's not hasn't caught up yet so you keep doing it until your partner picks up the pace and y'all get done at the same time then you go to the next evolution well guess what you're just getting back on your face and doing more burpees and push-ups and we just kept doing that until we got to the o course and then we had to do the o course together so I was dumb. I, I would do the 
I would I would complete the one section of the O course before my partner would because I was just he was just clumsy and was slow whatever mm. and my award my or my uh yeah my award for beating him during the O course was more exercise because it's a group activity so yeah. I was just on my face doing whatever <clears throat> while the other guy was ke- catching up and then we just had to keep going and keep going and then you get to the kill house or what we usually call a kill house and you know you get into the room and it's just people are yelling whatever and banging on the rooms and they're just trying to psych you out that's all it is they're just trying to psych you out and get you like amped up and you had to do a patient assessment and then once you get that you're done but I thought it was very motivating. Yeah. I thought it was a fun way to do a patient assessment minus just going into a room and doing a patient assessment. That's what That's people not expect. Fun. That's what people expect when they say I'm going to be a corpsman is something like that. They expect like like the training I would think a, a, a green side corpsman should go through daily is that kind of stuff. Yeah. Make my environment hectic so I'm I'm you know all in a tizzy or whatever Yeah. and make me do my job <clears throat> which is medical assessment. And I bet and you they do that places that are more uh you know high speed high speed yeah not you know not as bureaucratic yeah i bet i bet people still do it that way but the the t every year t seems more watered down to oh me. yeah to me it just seems like it's not as the quality's not as good mm-hmm. uh the this last one i did we did it at a at a different command i think it was bsts or something mm-hmm and they had O three elevens there. Oh, and they made us like clear yeah. rooms. And I went there. Yeah, that's a good one. Did you, were you there with me? No, I was there with some other people. Yeah, so I did that. So you have you have teacher C instructors, and they do the you know the days of didactic or academic, and then you go and do your patient assessment. So you, it's the same thing. It was very similar to my first one. You had to yeah. run around, get your heart rate up. They're yelling at you. And- yelling at you, and then you get in the room, and it's just a bunch of Marines trying to. Yeah. make you feel like a piece of crap yeah it was good though it, it was, was. It, was, it actually made me f- feel like I was in a chaotic environment which yeah. is cool with that I think Corman need to be in very good shape and if you can't yeah. run three miles or <clears> if you can't do a bunch of push if you can't deadlift some pretty heavy weight or carry someone on your back if we if the time comes where you have to do that and you can't someone's yeah. gonna someone's gonna die so yeah and that's how, that's how I would always kind of word it because they'd be like, you know, I'm not going to be in this situation. I'm like, it could happen any day. Like this building catch fire. I could be passed out. You'd have to drag me out. And I don't think you could. No. And there's some people where if if I knew that that was my partner and they, they're the one that's going to drag me out, give me a new partner. Yeah. Or, hey, me and you are going to go to PT a lot to get you strong enough. Yeah. I think that I think a lot of people get smoke checked in field med too because of that. Yeah. Because field med is nothing but that. Yeah. And, and a lot of people feel like uh, I feel like a lot of people are in this very soft um, age, and then they go to field med and they realize field med ain't about, ain't about that. Yeah, <laughs> field med's still very much like in your face, chaotic, and it's it's for a purpose. It was yeah when when I went as well. <clears throat> I remember uh, I remember yeah even I was like uh, I, f- I felt like I was soft going to field med. Yeah, I was very suck into. I was on the West Coast, so everything was a little bit more liberal there, and it just seen. I felt like my mindset wasn't right before I went to field med. And mm. yeah, wasn't ready for that that shock. I wasn't ready for that shock, and it shouldn't <clears throat> be a shock though. It should, it should be a. 
you should be expecting that, I guess. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, sailors, every sailor should be carrying, running with uh, tractor tires. I'm just saying that. Uh, I think we should do that type of PT, though. Yeah. Definitely greenside. I All think that would be is, good. Yeah. Feeling those those guys' disappointment made me get in shape, or their uh, disapproval made me want to get in shape, uh, among other things. But that was like, you know, I the catalyst. I, at one point, I got up to 215 pounds. Yeah. Which is pretty chunky for me. I'm six foot, 215, and it wasn't muscle. <clears throat> it was pure, soft-bodied, mm-hmm. 215. And my wife's like, hey, your stomach jiggles when you <laughs> oh, walk. Oh, no. Or my love handles jiggle when I walk. And guess what? I dropped 30 pounds in three months. Yeah. Maybe all I'm saying is some criticism helps yeah. sometimes. I think it's healthy. It, in the right way. Ooh. I've seen criticism go the wrong way. I like to talk about the CCC course when you have to give your presentation. Yeah. When they give you criticism, it's very professional, even though they're telling you, hey, you say um too much, or you you, you talk too fast because you we can tell you're nervous, or it's like constructive constru- criticism. Yeah. Now, if you go tell someone, hey, you, hey, you look fat, you should go PT, mm. maybe that's not constructive. Yeah. Maybe that's the wrong way to go about it. Yeah. <sighs> Depends. Different people, you know, respond different. Different people different. would be different. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to, if you know the person well. Yeah. Like I would, I'd feel comfortable saying something close to the line to you. Like my plate is full. Did you plan on PT today? Well, I mean, we, have, ba- we have healthy banter back and forth. Yeah. And it, it only makes <clears> it better. But if it's someone I don't know, of course, I'm not going to come in hot like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe they don't have someone in their life that's going to tell them you know, babe, your stomach or, hey, buddy, your plate's looking full, you know, or something like that. So, yeah, I don't know. I, just, I don't know which way is the right way to motivate people, but I know I know it works Everyone's for different, and you kind of have to just know your people. Yeah. But uh, I feel like this could kind of segue into, uh, you know, the the nice way of telling people they need to, to, to do more, whether it's more PT or maybe it's more at work. Uh, but just kind of like, Telling people uh, that they're they're doing a great job um, is that something sailors hear a lot or should hear a lot? And like a it's a double edged psychology at like side of it. Positive reinforcement is the best tool to get people to do what you need them to do. So then you think about like a sailor you go to and you're like, you're doing great. You're doing perfect. Keep doing what you're doing. And then they let off the gas or then they let it go to their head. Well, that's Then you have to have that uncomfortable thing of like, hey, I told you you're doing great, but then you drop your pack. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need to be more honest with people. I, I sat in a couple eval briefs mm-hmm. recently and one was like mediocre and one was like top 15 of mm-hmm. 100, something like that. Oh. So they're doing... I, they're right there with you, I think, right? Weren't you? What was your last eval? Let's talk about it. You just, it's its May, so you just got your eval. Should have been two months ago, but. Let's just say we're happy. Happy? Uh, no, I'm proud. I'm, ha- I'm proud of it. If, you, yeah, if you're not proud, proud well, you, you got like top 20 EP, right? Um, yeah, up there. 15? Up there. No, what? Just tell me what it was. Number 12. 
Number, what are you scared someone's gonna know who you are? Yeah, I don't. I don't care. Uh, plenty <laughs> of people know. I've never told them your name on here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So number twelve. Um, twelve of a hundred and thirty. I, I didn't see that. I didn't. I don't remember. You the tell numbers. me you didn't count. I didn't. I don't remember the numbers, but I know there's a ton of us. I do. It's over a hundred. It's like a hundred and thirty. But uh, yeah, it was just crazy coming up to that because. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's like the standard thing in the Navy where it's like you constantly think you're not doing enough. And it's very about, and this is a, I'm not trying to steal your thunder here, but like from an E67 perspective, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that we hear from the E7s are, you know, it's our fault that, or it's like their fault, the Navy's fault that we're very selfish up to E7. Yeah. Because everything's about us. But mm-hmm. as soon as you make E6, it's not about you. It's about the sailors that you have, uh, you know, in your responsibility. Yeah. And you have to kind of like 180, pretty much 180 shift. Yeah. Because you've been saying, no, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm doing this well. This is why I should be promoted. And then you make E6. And then to make E7, you have to be like, well, you know, I have this many people advancing. I have this many people getting all these calls and serves and all this stuff. They're doing so good, and it's because I'm their LPO. Yeah. It, but we should telling people to do something for themselves is kind of a bad take. I think. I mean, it's. To, I'm, I'm agreeing with what the Chiefs are saying. Like we, we, I think we're going about it the wrong way. And I, I'm, I'm waiting for the day that the evals change, because right now the way the evals are, like you said. You're you're told, hey, you need to keep doing this, and you you need to add on to your plate, you know, this. But this is what happens: when you add too much, you're gonna you're gonna give only what you can towards each thing you have on your plate. Yeah. And I've found myself in multiple times where I've taken on too much, and then I me- give mediocre results. Yeah. To different things, where if I just have one or two things on my plate, but <clears throat> they're they have a lot of impact, and I do them very well because I have enough time to do both of them. Yeah. I'm gonna succeed, and it's gonna sh- reflect, but. At least in my case, it, it paid off. It did pay off for you, and I and knew it, it would. It now, I think I know what where you're going because we had this conversation the other day, but uh, you, you were told recently that you need to do more. <laughs> and, and it's kind of funny because you get to your eval brief and you're number 12. It's like, what else do I need to do more? Because if you're well, I'm if not you're, top 10, so. Okay, if you're mad that you're not top 10, and, <laughs> but more. you're 12 of 130, 130, yeah, 130. Yeah. Like, um, that's but I mean it worked right because if like last year if I had heard you're doing great just keep up exactly what you're doing I probably wouldn't have done the things that maybe put me over the edge I mean the person that told you to keep doing more the, the problem was that you took it no you took it the way he wanted you to take it it, it worked because it worked he told you keep you need to do more because it, it he knew you were going to do well at the eval board yeah and he didn't want you to slack off because maybe he saw that you were getting burnt out of something or... Maybe, yeah. But it's such a prevalent uh, mentality. Uh, even now, I still don't feel like I'm that number. You know I, what I mean? Oh, you don't feel like you validate it. Oh, no, I just I just still don't feel like I'm doing enough because that's been prevalent. I don't feel like I'm doing enough every single day. I feel uh, like my plate's too full. Yeah. And that's my fault, if anything. Yeah. Maybe I've taken on too much. So like in my last command, like with this, uh, you know, do more kind of thing, I did not hear that. I didn't hear anything really. And then when I got to my midterm, it was scathing, oh, pretty scathing. And I thought I'd been doing a good job. 
Because you didn't get feedback? Because uh, nobody told me I was doing a bad job. I, my department was running well. I was doing my, everything was going well, I thought, until I got to my midterm. And I had a pretty scathing midterm where I heard what I needed to hear, which was basically, you need to do more. I, I think those conversations are happening. <clears throat> I mean, when the, the mediocre uh, eval debrief I had, you know, we told them, like, they asked, like, what, what else do I need to do? And we're like, A, B, and C. Like, yeah. If you take on this type of job or this type of position, look at the plan of the week. There's so many positions open that are very impactful that yeah. would help you look better in eval. Now, I think the eval system is broken. I think it's, why do, I, why do I need to go do all this extra stuff to tell you that I'm good? My main job is career counseling. Yeah. I think I think that needs to be a majority, which it is. Yeah. I mean, when it I've, comes I've to always the, heard it's all about the, the write-up, right? The 43? Yeah. But are you going to be a top-tier sailor with the empty 44? No, you're not going to be top anything if you don't have a big 29 43 and 44 exactly so it's like because i i looked at a, a recent eval recently where someone was like a blank 29 mm-hmm. but they're probably killing their job but a killer 43 yeah and a very mediocre 44 yeah but that person's probably will probably end up in the mid to upper mid pack that's probably appropriate because the people above that person are Doing more. Doing more. But like, we shouldn't be getting, we should be evaluated against ourselves. I I saw someone on Reddit the other day talking about this, how this eval system was proposed to be changed to where we're evaluated on on ourselves and not against our peers. Like, and it should be based off report time. Like, hey, I I came into command now, where am I at 12 months from then? Yeah, I like that approach, and I think it. And they also talk about how there should be more character traits, or not get more character traits. There should be more ratings per trait, not one to five, but like one ten. Because yeah. right now, if you're not a three, four, or five, you you're subpar. But the scale is one to five. Yeah. So we're it's like we're using the the system wrong, or not to the most. We're not using it the most efficient way. Mm-hmm. And that's all stuff way well above our pay grade. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's something that is interesting to talk about. Can't really speak to it, right? Like I haven't seen two. I haven't seen any uh, evals from the last year that are not mine. So it's hard to say. I see a lot if it's just fair. because, and and I'm pretty sure I'm about to be in part of the E4 evaluations. So hmm. I'm about to see a lot of those too, and it's gonna be interesting to see where they stack up and the write-ups that are going to be in the 43s. Yeah. I'm very, very curious how that's going to play out. Yeah. So, yeah, it's got to do more, you know. He told you do more so that you would not drop your pack. And you you took that bait pretty hard, it seems like. Well, and it worked. And, And back to what you're trying to say, sometimes we need to just tell people to push a little harder sometimes it's appropriate and sometimes you know maybe you just need to be told hey you are doing a good job maybe or maybe maybe the person wouldn't respond to it well um depends on the person yeah okay well i think this wraps this up um got to kind of discuss some things on my mind get some things off my chest and check my ego with my all my whole customer service spiel that you 
have told me is. I expected way worse. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, I'm, I'm taking it hard. Taking it hard. I, I thought <laughs> I thought I had something to talk about, and you've corrected me. So I, I appreciate that feedback. <laughs> uh, yeah. Until next time. Okay, that wraps things up here. If you like this stuff, or did, if you like this, what the way we did this today, then please leave me some feedback through my email. Or if you want to ask me any questions or give me any critique at all, I'm open. Please join me on the next episode. Peace.